November. <laughs> We're happy it's November. It's November um, 8th today, and you know what that means. Uh, it's time to vote. If you have not already and you're in the, the U.S. Vote. Yeah. Vote, baby, vote. Yep. Um, and I always think of, oh, uh, there was, I forget, it was probably from like cracked.com or something like that, that they did um, like one of those like... Um, as if an AI wrote this and it was a, a Dave Matthews song. I love Dave Matthews band. I know a lot of people don't. They're very controversial. I really? love them. Whatever. Yeah. People hate them. Oh. Um, but right. they, the thing generated was, um, ah, fuck, what was it? We used to like my friend and I who like love Dave. We're going to like, we would yell it back to each other. Everyone, oh yeah. Going to fuck your butthole on the boat. Going to smoke a bowl. Going to rock the vote. <laughs> Nice. So, <laughs> All things that, that are on the ballot this year. That just, yeah, that just like always pops in my head. I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm, you know what? But a much we better, stand. a much better rock the vote song is going to be at the end of this episode. So you got to stay tuned. Yes. 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 We got, we got tunes. We got original music happening, oh, people. Love it. Yeah. So, um, but you know what else is in November? Um, November is my favorite month. Is it? Yes, it is. Because Why? my favorite holiday is in November. What's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Fuck yeah. you. No, it's your birthday. I'm you kidding. I'm birthday. just teasing. <laughs> my birthday is on Saturday. If you're listening to this, whoop, whoop. I'm going to be 30. She's turning. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know what? We're talking. Oh, this is crime culture, by the way. That's Caitlin. I'm Haley and Haley's turning 30 I am turning 30 and um these movies that we're going to talk about today are turning 30 as well because that's a, ooh, that's a very nice point yeah these that is are an excellent point horror movies horror or thrillers because I found a bunch of thrillers that I was like these kind of count um and these movies are uh from 1992 the year I was created as well you came out that year too I did <laughs> you popped right out the most popular thing. I've heard the stories. Yep. <laughs> I was there. Shout out to Lisa. Hey. <laughs> um. So, yeah. We're going to talk about some movies that came out in 1992. And um, I think we did this early in the year for your birthday we in did. May. We did. But um, they weren't special. They were not on their 30th anniversary. No. These they are 30, 30 these years are, old. These are special movies. They are. And you're a special person. Thanks. So, so we want to jump right in? Um, no, you know, I think that I'd rather do another like 15 minutes of banter. Okay. And then, so my breakfast this morning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do sound a little congested. I have a cold. It is definitely not COVID. I have tested. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Don't let that be a reminder. Wear your masks. Wear We're your seeing masks. a resurge. Yeah. The holidays are coming up and you never know who, even if you're not feeling great, but like, whatever, oh, yeah. like even, you never know who may be though, immunocompromised, yeah, may know somebody who's immunocompromised. Even though I know I don't have COVID, I'm wearing my mask to work. Like, exactly. I'm not you're about to give baby. anyone else this cold because it's not fun. Um, but yeah, if you think, oh, like... Uh, COVID will, like, I got vaccinated. COVID will only give me a uh, mild uh, uh, infection. Um, it can still cause really bad um, side effects, like yeah. like heart problems and lung problems. Like, And that's all that we know for now. Like, we're not going to know yeah. what people who had COVID, like, how that's going to 
shake out 20 years from now when we're all like up and up. Yeah. So uh, still wear your mask. Wear your mask. Get vaxxed. Get boosted. <clears throat> go um, vote. And go vote. Listen to this episode. And respect your elders and listen to this If they deserve episode. respect. <laughs> um, the first movie that we are going to talk about today, I would say out of the horror genre is probably the most popular one that came out in 1992. Okay. And it is the original Candyman. Oh! Yes. It we came just out. We talked about this. Yes. It came out on October 16th, 1992, the anniversary of my wedding day anniversary. Oh my God, that's true. Yeah. yeah. We got some, we got a couple anniversaries for this. Yeah. There's, but that's allowed. There's several. It's, um, it's, it deserves to be celebrated. It's, pandemic it's a, pandemic weddings are time. hard. Okay. Pandemic weddings are hard, but also like when you've got a whole romantic saga. Yeah. This is me trying to give as much of a platform to you as possible without giving nearly as much of a platform to Candyman. I'm still yeah. bitter. I'm still fucked up over this. Of seeing Candyman? No, of hearing about it. Oh, okay. Like, well, you're going to hear know. a little bit more about it. Um, it got, uh, so this would be, uh, this will serve us as a reminder. I started this outline, um, several months ago because I knew that we're going to be doing this around this time. Mm -hmm. And, um, I checked everything just to make sure everything was still, uh, good to go. The Rotten Tomatoes scores changed on some of these movies, like some of them drastically, like four or five points. Oh, isn't that crazy? I love that. So I don't remember what it was originally because I erased it and Happens. put in the most updated. So this is the most updated information I can find. So the oh, Rotten yeah. Tomato score as of right th- now at this moment is 79%. Okay. And a 63% audience score, 79% on Google and a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. So like pretty high up there in every demographic. Yeah. Um, they the actors in this movie, Virginia Madsen, mm-hmm. who was in Sideways, the original Dune. Everyone knows like the remake that just came out. She was in the original. Um, a Christmas horror movie called Better Watch Out and uh, Haunting in Connecticut, a little Connecticut connection there. Mm-hmm. And, and she was also in that one Britney Spears book movie. Yes. The one that she wrote with her mom and then like uh-huh. they made it into, you know what I'm talking yes. about. <laughs> And um, her, her IMDb says she, uh, like, maybe guest hosted Unsolved Mysteries for a minute. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, I she was on that's... Candyman, so, like, it yeah. would, like, like it factors in, like, she does something spooky. Exactly. Um, like, yeah. And obviously, the titular character, Candyman, played by Tony Todd. Oh, Love him. He was in the great. remake of Night of the Living Dead, and we just watched Night of the Living oh. Dead for our Hollow Stream. Hollow Stream. Uh, he was in The Crow, which we've talked about mm-hmm. with uh, Bruce Lee's son. son. Yep. Brandon um, Lee. Brandon Lee. Uh, he was in Final Destination. I think the original definitely. I think maybe some of the sequels too. I don't remember. Oh. Um, he was in Chicago Massacre, Rich- Richard Speck, which Richard Speck we have not yet talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that coming. is, yeah, that is definitely coming because that is a wild story. Mm-hmm. Um, and also a documentary or docu-series called Horror Noir, A History of Black Horror that mm-hmm. I definitely have to watch. I think it's on Shudder, so I, I don't have access to <laughs> she's it. Still, she's I know. all you want for your birthday. All I want for my birthday. Someone <laughs> give me their Shudder password. Um, uh, 
someone else that is in this. Xander Berkeley, who is in The Dark and the Wicked, which I heard is very good. Haven't watched mm-hmm. yet. Apollo 13, Kick-Ass, oh. The Walking Dead. Um, oh. I think he was... Um, these are names. Yes. Like, these are... I know these movies. I think he's Gregory in The Walking Dead. I don't know. Oh, he's also been a guest star in a million things. Mm-hmm. Um, Cassie Lemons, who's in Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, Fear of the Black Hat. Vanessa Williams, who was also in the not Candyman. Not that Vanessa Williams. Not that Vanessa Williams. <laughs> she was all. This Vanessa Williams was also in the Candyman remake and appeared so in. Tony Todd. Yes. Yes. And uh, American Horror Stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Culkin, who was in Downton Abbey, Lolita, and a million other things, and Stanley DeSantis, who is a guest on a bunch of shit. Six Feet Under, Entourage, Curb Your Enthusiasm, NYPD Blue, um, and was also in I Am Sam and The Aviator. Isn't Sam Raimi's brother in this too? Like horror icon director Sam Raimi? Um, I gotta be honest, when I'm looking at the actors, I don't go through the entire list because... Oh no, nor would I expect you to. I just didn't know if you knew off the top of your head because I have a vague feeling like that's the case, but also... I don't know. I, maybe, I, maybe look it up while I'm, I'm going through it. The sure, synopsis I is... use this shit all the time with other people like, yes. and other movies, and I, I can very well be wrong and just derailing. So the synopsis of this movie is skeptical graduate student Helen Lyle befriends Anne-Marie McCoy while researching superstitions, superstitions in a housing project on Chicago's near north side. From Anne-Marie, Helen learns that the Candyman, a knife-wielding figure of urban legend that some of her neighbors believe to be responsible for a recent murder. After a mysterious man matching the Candyman's description begins stalking her, Helen comes to fear that the legend may be all too real. And yes, Sam Raimi's brother Ted is in this. He plays Billy. Perfect. I have no idea. I don't know who that is, but good for him. Nice. Good for us. The critics' consensus, we've already established that it's like pretty highly rated, so the critics' consensus is, though it ultimately sacrifices some mystery in the name of gory thrills, Candyman is nuanced, effectively chilling tale that benefits from an interesting premise and some fine performances. Wow. That's yes. high praise. Very high praise. You can watch it. You can rent it on Apple TV and Vudu. You can also watch it on Peacock, Amazon Prime Video if you have the premium subscription, and Sling TV if you have the premium subscription. Again, okay. this is at the time of recording. That could change, obviously, because mm-hmm. it moves platforms all the time, which bothers the heck out of me, but whatever. Yeah, agreed. Um, but some fun little uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. I love looking through the little IMDb info on some of these movies. So the bees, if you know this movie, you know that bees are very heavily used in this movie. And mm-hmm. the bees that were used were specifically bred for the movie. Oh. Yeah. They needed like, to make like, sure that... Do they the, have a special name? I don't know. I didn't see a, like a special name for it, but they needed to make sure that these bees were only 12 hours old so that they looked like mature bees, but that their stinger wouldn't be powerful enough to do any real damage. That's fascinating. Isn't and that honestly, crazy? like a great idea because I'm sure that like Tony Todd got the fuck stung out of him. Well, here we go. Tony Todd negotiated a bonus of $1,000 for every bee sting that he suffered during the filming. Hell yeah. Tell him what he's won, folks. He was stung 23 times. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a salary. Yeah, and I bet he was like, come on, sting me again. <laughs> Pouring honey on himself. $1,000, come on. Give me. <laughs> um, like many uh, we've talked about before, this is included in the um, 1001 Movies to See Before You Die, edited by Steven Schneider. Maybe for like 
like streams in the future, we can uh, do just do like our live reactions to some of these movies that are yeah. on this list because yeah. we talk about a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, but it is also included among the American Film Institute's 2001 list of 400 movies nominated for the top 100 most heart-pounding American movies. Oh, wow. I mean, I believe that. Yeah. That was another one that used to always be, for whatever reason, they would show these on, like, cable TV. They'd show, like, abridged versions. Yeah. And, mm-mm, mm-mm, Yeah. That was one I'm still recovering, like... I've seen snippets. I haven't even seen the whole thing. Yeah. It's just Well, horrific. that is uh, arguably the most famous horror movie of 1992. Mm-hmm. Next is, I think, my favorite horror movie of 1992, and that is Army of Darkness. And it says that the release date was October 9th, 1992 at a film festival, but it got the U.S.-wide release in February of 1993. But you know what? When I looked it up, it still said it was released in 1992. So that's what I'm going with. We'll count it. It's got a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, 87% audience score, 92% on Google, and a 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. This is the sequel to, or I guess the third movie in the Evil Dead series. And it is my favorite. So obviously with Evil Dead, you have Bruce Campbell, who's in the original. Um, also, Ash versus Evil Dead, fantastic series, which I thought really like lived up to the, the Evil Dead franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, he was also in one of my dad's favorite shows, Burn Notice. I I love <laughs> I love a Jimbo fact. Uh, this is, oh. Uh, he just loves that show. It, and it makes every so time, much sense. <laughs> every time you'd be like, that's that guy you like. I was like, yeah, dad, I know. Um, I love it. Bruce Campbell also has like such an iconic voice. He was uh, a voice in Archer, also Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. He was also in the movie Sky High, which I didn't remember until Wait, I saw it. Really? That's what it said on his IMDb. I'm like racking my brain. Yeah, I don't know. Again, you you look up stuff to confirm. All right, all right. As, hold as on, I go hold through, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, but also another actress in this show, a uh, movie, was Embeth Davids, who yeah. was a guest on Scrubs, uh, in Grey's Anatomy, and Mad Men. Uh, was in Matilda. Yes, she's Miss Honey. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's how not, I know her. Not as fun. She was in Schindler's List. Oh, that's a heartbreaker. But getting back to fun was in The okay. Amazing Spider Man. Oh. Yeah, yeah. she was one of Jordan's bitchy friends on Scrubs because we're rewatching it right now because yeah. we got inspired by fake doctor's real friends. Um, um, Hale, I didn't take my meds today. What am I looking up again? Sky High, Bruce Campbell. <laughs> huh? Sky High, Bruce Campbell. This Thank is going to be a very disjointed episode. I'm, um, listen, listen. Another actress in this movie, believe it or not, Bridget Fonda. Really? Yes, who is going to come up again, spoiler alert on this list. I won't we say stand. the movie that she's going to be in that we're going to talk about but obviously she's in the godfather part three she Mm -hmm. is in lake placid which is another like thrillery movie that i liked and (gasps) she is the voice of jenna in balto she's also danny elfman from nightmare before christmas he's her husband oh okay yeah because we watched the architectural digest thing when they put their home up for sale and we were like oh damn and right before you uh confirm bruce campbell's role in sky high uh the last (laughs) person i have yes (laughs) the last person i have in here is ian ambercrombie i don't know if he's related to the ambercrombie of the The ambercrombies yes Uh, no Um, well it's a-m-b-e-r yeah 
Well, it, no, it, it it's because theirs is Abercrombie. Oh, is it? Yeah. I was always too fucking poor to. I was going to say I was too poor. Um, I had a cousin who worked there, and that's the only reason I had one sweatshirt from there. Yeah. Uh, but Ian Abercrombie uh, was a guest star on everything since like the 70s. Uh, was in Star Wars, The Clone Wars, and Rango. Oh! But yeah, uh, for lots of these people, they have like such a long career on their mm-hmm. IMDb that I'm like overwhelmed by looking at it. Yeah. So <laughs> there, that's that. So who did Bruce Campbell play in Sky High? Coach Boomer. Okay. The 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 one who would be like, side kick. Yeah. And he kicks the kid in the, that's like the ball or whatever. And he's the one that like... Yeah, I know exactly who he is. Yeah, he's great. And I don't know why that never occurred to me before, but also while finding this, uh, Linda Carter, a.k.a. Wonder Woman, was the principal. <laughs> don't know how I missed that. In Sky High? Yes. Great. I'm about to watch this movie when we're done recording. Perfect. Except, no, I'm not, because I just looked, and you have to rent it on Prime Video, and I'm not doing that. So no, <laughs> You can mind. find it on, like, 123movies.ca. <laughs> don't, don't, like, I'm not, like, outing the, the website, but, like, that's how Speaking I watch all my... Speaking of true crime. Yeah, right? That's how I pirate all my movies. Um, <laughs> Haley gets taken allegedly. down for this, for this episode. They're like, we got her. Allegedly. Wait, that's a confession. Um, so the synopsis of Army of Darkness, getting back to it, Ash is transported back to medieval days where he is captured by the dreaded Lord Arthur. Aided by the deadly chainsaw that has become his only friend, Ash mm-hmm. is sent on a perilous mission to recover the Book of the Dead, a powerful tome that gives its owner the power to summon an army of ghouls. And uh, lots of that won't make any sense to you if you have not seen The Evil Dead. Um yeah. This came on, this was on TV in a hotel that I was at in New Mexico with Elliot. And he came out of the shower and I was watching this and he was like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) I just love this movie. I can't turn it off if it's on. Um, The critics consensus is Army of Darkness is a madcap adventure worth uh, taking thanks to Bruce Campbell's hammy charm and Sam Raimi's uh, acrobatic direction, although an intentional lack of shocks that make it a discordant capper to the Evil Dead franchise. Meh. I don't like it when they use these fucking dumbass words that you gotta Google. Well, and they're also very clearly trying to, like, film up a movie. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. This is, like, <laughs> like... this is, like, a Sam Raimi horror movie. Like, Sam Raimi at his best of, like, mm-hmm. crazy camera angles, like, buckets and buckets of blood, like, ridiculous monsters and scares. Like, it is... Just a Uh fun time. It is so good. Um, And and it is infamous for having four different versions, a U.S. theatrical version, a European version, a director's cut, and the version that they would show on U.S. TV. And each included deleted and extended scenes as well as scenes that were re-edited in a different order, depending on what version that you're watching. Wow. Um, The one that had the most restored scenes was the 90-minute U.S. TV version. Mm -hmm. And all of these versions have been compiled into a box set that was released in both the U.S. and Germany. So you can see everything that you've missed. Which is another fun thing is like, depending on where you watch it, they'll probably have a different version of it. So it's just fun to to watch. Um, But you can watch it on, allegedly, you can watch it on Peacock. Um, You can also rent it. Oh, but so many of those are like pay for play and they don't tell you. I know. It's been pissing me off. But you can rent it on YouTube, Vudu, Amazon uh, Prime, and Apple TV. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. And, And depending... If you have YouTube TV, you may not have to rent it. I say this because we recently switched ISPs and we're getting Fun. a free year of YouTube TV. 
and this isn't like a humble brag this isn't me trying to like work that into it but i was reading up on it and i think that's what that means so if you're in a similar situation you may be able to get it for free nice or i could be totally wrong but please direct any hate mail to Haley. this is her episode and also different countries uh have different places that you can watch it so find it somewhere um the next one is uh a sequel in a popular franchise it is alien 3 ah this was released on may 22nd 1992 it has a 47% on rotten tomatoes with a 46% audience score but an 82% on google Oh, I mean, it, but Google's always... It's always higher, yeah. Yeah, it's very forgiving, I guess. But I also think, like, Google... I I like the Google score because I think it's a lot of, like, um, like actual viewers and not critics. Okay. And yeah, I no, know, that's true. like, I think Rotten Tomatoes is, like, owned by some, like, company. Mm-hmm. So, like... Like the the scores on Rotten Tomatoes are going to be higher for movies within that company, and like same thing with IMDb that it's going to be like higher because it's owned. I think IMDb is owned by Amazon or something like that. It, it they've got like a weird partnership. Like it's, it's yeah. I mean that's why we complicated. Give, that's it's, why we give yeah. all of these scores just to like do give a roundabout. And Fandango owns Rotten Tomatoes. I just yeah. looked it up. Yeah. So there's that. Um, so yeah. But some of the actors in this one, obviously. Sigourney Weaver, mm. who's in, Love. obviously, the Alien franchise. Do I even need to give credits? Ghostbusters, Gorillas in the Mist, Galaxy Quest, Holes. Yes. And Disappointing Avatar, which I'm I can't believe. i Grandpa. <laughs> I can't believe they're doing a fucking another Avatar. When, is, when are people going to realize that the movie wasn't really great? I think after they see this one. Okay, good. <laughs> Maybe they'll cancel the fucking 35 other ones. Oh, my God. There's too many. There's too many. And I mean, honestly, like the pandemic ruined so much that we couldn't kill Avatar 2. I know, right? And the other ones. Yeah, but whatever. We lose um, Batgirl, but we don't lose. The, I don't know. I've yeah. got I've got I've sentiments. Yeah. Um, Charles S. Dutton, who is in yeah. American Horror Story, uh, also in Rudy, in mm-hmm. Secret Window, which is like a, a weird thriller movie with um johnny depp oh uh, he also wrote directed and produced a lot of stuff according to his imdb um but also in this is charles dance who many will know from game of thrones as tywin lannister oh okay um he was also he's like a very like prestigious actor he was in the 1990 version of uh phantom of the opera Ooh. yes and he was in the imitation game with um what's his face that guy? Um, you're going to need to specify because Cum- there were Cum- a few people Cumberbatch. in that. Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh. him. Um, he was also in uh, the 2016 version of Ghostbusters. Okay. Um, Ralph Brown, who was guest on The Blacklist, Marvel- Marvel's Agent Carter Elementary, mm-hmm. uh, was also in The Crying Game and Wayne's World 2. Lance Hendrickson, who was in Aliens, which is the sequel to Alien, uh, mm-hmm. was also in The Terminator, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You're seeing a uh, a theme here with some alien shit, but it was also in a million things since the 70s. Down. Yeah. Like, I'm into it. I, I love... I love them when they've got a storied career, you know? Yeah. Like, I also give love, me the hints. I love when a guy who clearly looks like he's like a bellhop or something always mm-hmm. plays a bellhop. Mm-hmm. Like um, what's his mm-hmm. name from Bird Happily? Per- yeah, Bird Happily. You already know he's, that I know. He's just always an announcer and stuff. I just love it. He's just he's, a news he's originally a newscaster. I know. It just or that was oh, who was it? There was somebody else who like she was a nurse 
And so then she just started like playing nurses. I want to say it was the actress in Scrubs because again, like we're rewatching Scrubs right now alongside fake doctors, real friends episodes. Um, shameless plugs for both. Um, I want to say like not Carla, but I forget her name, Laverne. Um, that she was like a nurse and then just started. Oh, that's interesting. Playing nurses, she plays it gives, like a it gives fuck authenticity. Ton of yeah, yeah, it does, and they understand, and it and like it adds not just the authenticity, but it's like for example, like like you know how to do chest compressions, yeah, and exactly. so it makes it more realistic and like things like that. I just I'm yeah. a big fan of hiring people who have that experience. Of course, the synopsis for Alien Three, if you have not seen it is Ellen Ripley is the only survivor when she crash lands on, I think it's Fiorina 161, a sure. bleak wasteland inhabited by former inmates of the planet's maximum security prison. Once again, Ripley must face skepticism and the alien as it hunts down the prisoners and guards. Without weapons or modern technology of any kind, Ripley leads the men into battle against the terrifying creature. That's Ooh. Critics' consensus is Alien 3 takes admirable risk with franchise mythology but far too few pay off in the thinly scripted sequel whose stylish visuals aren't enough to elevate uh, a lack of genuine thrills nah i won't accept any sigourney weaver slander sorry whatever no just a fun time with aliens um so the film's production process was reportedly so chaotic and its reception by fans and critics so unfavorable that it nearly ended david fincher's career this was uh, david fincher's wow. like uh, the david fincher yeah i yeah. think this was like his one of his first movies damn i think so yeah that could do it 1992 um but two things ended up saving fincher from like falling off the face of the planet after this the first was that sigourney we sigourney weaver sigourney publicly weaver. and often angrily sided with fincher against 20th century fox telling journalists that the studio had made decisions that resulted in an impossible situation for this young director and that he would have an excellent career if he was given more chances which is huge coming from an actress like that. i was about to say like this just makes me love her more yeah. like that she would knowing that this could ruin his career that she would come out and be like listen it's not his fault he was great like oh yeah and even though like and being in this like franchise and and she could have easily like just not seen the potential in him Mm -hmm. that's what i'm saying she could have not given a shit yeah i mean like how much money was she getting paid for this movie which is probably crazy um not enough Yes. She deserved whatever it was. She deserved more. Exactly. She deserves more for all of it. So the other thing that saved Fincher was that the producer, Arnold Copelson, knew that um, and didn't respect the management at Fox and was part of the process where he ultimately offered Fincher um, a new project a few le- few years later. And that project was seven. Ooh. Yes. Uh, and its massive success reignited Fincher's career, making him one of the most respected directors of all time. Good for him. Yes. Good for um, him. Don't disappoint us, David. But at the time, obviously, he was a first-time director. He disowned the film, stating in an interview with The Guardian, quote, I had to work on it for two years, got fired off it three times, and had to fight for every single thing. No one hated it more than me. To this day, no one hates it more than me. Oh, my God. End quote. <laughs> Honestly, go <laughs> Ouch. off. Yeah. Uh, he cited constant studio interference during production and actually walked out when the studio rejected his initial cut and ordered extensive reshoots. 
He was not involved in the final cut, but his initial rough cut later became the basis for uh, the assembly cut, which is a longer version of the movie released on DVD in 2003 and on Blu-ray in 2010. Wow. Although Fincher was asked to work on this assembly cut, he considered it, uh, but eventually decided against it, giving super supervising producer Charles D. Uh, Luzerica his blessing yeah, as sure. long as uh, it was not called the director's cut. Okay. With Fair. regards to the new version itself, he stated that he had no comments on it as he has never seen it. Uh, you know what? Honestly, I don't blame him one bit from the sound of it. Yeah, it sounds like he fucking hates this movie. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I but, wouldn't... And, and, and rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, one of the main causes of the movie's troubled production, including script rewrites, crew replacements, extensive reshoots, like I had said, a budget increase from $45 million to $65 million. Uh, it was the fact that 20th Century Fox was in need of a commercial success at this point. Alien yeah. 3 was greenlit by the studio because it was considered to be a sure hit, but a release date had already been set before a screenplay or even story outline was written. David Fincher later said that this lack of direction in the story was the source of much creative disagreements and productional difficulties while he was trying to deliver the best possible film in time. However, the studio didn't seem particularly concerned with quality as long as the movie was, was released and made money. Fincher oh, also commented that, that his inexperience made things worse since this was his directorial debut. Mm -hmm. uh, he did not have a successful film to back up his opinion, giving the studio and producers ample reason to ignore his input many times. Well, Alien. I'm sure that was kind of by design for them, too, because yeah, from, they a, just from needed a, like, a body. fucked up studio perspective, the movie bombs. Cool. We blame the director. The movie's great. Great. Then he's like a breakout hit. But either way, the studio is not considered to be at fault. Yeah. And they literally said it doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be out by this day and it needs to make money. Wow. Yeah. Quality. Yeah. Really. Um, it was eventually released to negative reviews from critics and fans and a disappointing domestic box office, but Can't did much better why. financially in Europe and Asia, making it an early example of a Hollywood movie that made most of its revenue outside of the United States. It was later critically reevaluated for its style and dark atmosphere, and the extended assembly cut gained a significant cult following. David Fincher later said, that the constant studio interference made the film stray so far from his vision that the only way to make a quote-unquote director's cut would be to burn the entire negative and start over. Wow. Yeah, he fucking hates this movie. I can't uh, say I blame him from the sound of it. Yeah. He also admitted that when the 1992 L.A. riots started to get close to the lab where the film's negatives have been developed and stored, he hoped that the entire building would burn to the ground in the film. In <gasps> That's a Honestly? little bit that's a little bit like rough because like the LA riots are not around yeah. for you to hope that your film goes away. Like yeah. that's that's kind of fucked up. Well, whatever. Yeah. Um when the powers that be decided on a new ending to be shot, Elliot uh Goldenthal had one night to come up with a new score. And he did an all-nighter in the recording studio, <gasps> composing new music in between short bouts of sleep. Can you wow. imagine Michael doing that? Um I'm going to, although I don't doubt that Michael could do that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely I'm could. I'm going but to say no up. only because if certain employers are listening, Michael does e-fucking-nuff. Yeah. Exactly. But that, that would, 
that that's no that's, that's fucked up like you deserve you deserve an oscar just for that exactly. like you know what i mean like that's that's a fucking feat yeah so um knowing all of this like kind of backstory makes you kind of want to watch the movie even more no. um and you can... <laughs> i'm still i know i know what my limits are and i know this will scare you know the what? shit out but of me like 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 space stuff really scares you that much because no, like this is alien. more yeah but this is more of like a thriller me. thing but you it, it's not about that it's it jumps out at you yeah, i don't I do the jump scares i i don't like and and you know like this is not easy to say because like again sigourney weaver is my mom like i i i fully i am waiting for the day she claims me i love her but i can't do this i'm sorry mommy for anyone that wants to watch it i think you can watch it with the regular version of stars like you don't need to have like a super super version but you need to have the premium subscription of amazon prime video uh Mm -hmm. roku and sling tv to watch it um oh and hulu um, but you can rent it on Apple TV, um, Vudu, and YouTube. Okay. Yeah. Still pretty, pretty uh, like attainable. Yeah. Uh, the next one came out the day after I did. <laughs> it is <laughs> Bram, great, St- great. Bram oh. Stoker's Dracula. No shit. Yeah, it was released November thirteenth, nineteen ninety two, which was Friday the thirteenth, by the way. <gasps> Um, oh. It has a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. a 79% audience score, 86% Google, um, and a 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. And it has the most star-studded cast I could ever... We've talked about this. Yes. It, but listen, like if, if anyone didn't hear before and anyone doesn't know, listen to the fucking cast of this movie. Gary Oldman, obviously, mm-hmm. from the Harry Potter franchise, who was also in The Dark Knight. He's also mm-hmm. in... A fucking shit ton of other stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm giving the highlights here to all. Yes, Winona Ryder. We did an episode oh. all about her. Obviously, Stranger Things, Heather's, Edward Scissorhands, a million other things. Anthony Hopkins, Sir Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. Silence of the start. Lambs, The Right, which is based on a true story, by the way, oh. uh, about an exorcism. Um, he was in the Elephant Man. He's in the Lindenberg uh, kidnapping case. Uh, he's in a million other things. He is Sir Anthony Hopkins. Keanu Reeves is in this movie. Obviously, The Matrix, Bill and Ted, My Own Private Idaho, which we talked about on the episode with um, River Phoenix. He was in River. Fe- he was uh, in that with River Phoenix. He was in John Wick. Um, Richard E. Grant, who was in Frasier, mm-hmm. he was on Girls for a minute, which is where I recognized him from. He was on Doctor Who, Downton Abbey, Game of Thrones, uh, The Corpse Bride, Logan, Carrie Elwes. The Princess ah! Bride, obviously. Stranger Things again. He was in an episode of The X-Files. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Mm-hmm. Also Liar Liar. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Monica Bellucci? Saw. Bellucci, yeah. Bellucci, she's, yes. she's a fucking icon herself. Yes. She was in The Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions. She was also in The Passion of the Christ. Yeah, she, like, I'm not kidding. She's, she's got a fucking, like, if, if this was just a pop culture podcast... We would be ta- we would have talked about her already, right? Like she's also she in is this movie, film royalty. In this movie is Tom Waits, who's obviously yep. a better like better known as a musician, but he mm-hmm. was in The Outsiders. He was in Candy Mountain, The Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus, mm-hmm. and uh, Licorice Pizza. Yes, and and he was also in um the battle the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, but yeah, like I'm, I mean, there's more people in this movie, but like oh, there's so many. God damn this cast. It's yeah, it was a moneymaker. Well, and tell them who made it, Hale. Uh, uh, I didn't write it down. Who made it? Oh, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, I was like, I was like Haley. Oh yeah, I did. I was like, wait, I did write it what down. Do you mean? I did write it down. It's here, Francis Ford Coppola. I was like, girl, I got it. Uh, but before we get to that. The synopsis is Gary Oldman plays Dracula, whose lonely soul is determined to reunite with his lost love, Mina. In Britain, Dracula begins a reign of terror and seduction, draining the life from her closest uh, life from her closest friend, Lucy. Uh, together, they try and drive Dracula away. Yeah. Yeah. Fun times. Um, critics' consensus is overblown in the best sense of the word francis ford coppola's vision of bram stoker's dracula rescues the characters from decades of campy interpretations and features some terrific performances to boot hell yeah, yeah. agreed agreed and like we're gonna say it again it's included in the 1001 movies to see before you die edited by steven schneider uh it is um it was released to coincide with the 95th anniversary of the release of the novel oh. and the 80th anniversary of the death of Bram Stoker. I didn't know. Also didn't know that he died the day his arguably most famous work came out. I don't know. Did it like was it on the anniversary the of when it came out? Yeah. Was it around the same time or just like the same year? I don't know. Is this a Shakespeare situation? Let's find I don't out. Know. But also that's like the day after my birthday. Like that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Um, it won the Oscar for Best Costume Design, Best Makeup, and Best Effects, and uh, Best Sound Effects Editing. Mm-hmm. All, all deserved. Yeah. And you can rent it on Apple TV, YouTube, and Amazon Prime Video. So that's that. I love it. Love you this. Can hear it. Love I don't this know if you. anyone heard my, my dishwasher in the background. Oh, no. My dishes mm-hmm. are ready. Oh. So um, Elliot said that your dishes were ready? Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> poor elliot so the next one is also like in the same kind of vein as like an evil dead uh it's like a fun one with like buckets of blood it is called dead alive um in different places it is also known as brain dead okay um and it looks like the first showing of this movie was june 4th 1992 at fanta festival in italy and it premiered at tiff on september 17th 1992 so Somewhere in 1992, this movie came out. Yeah. Um, it's got an 89% on Rotten Tomatoes with an 87% audience score, 85% on Google, and a 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb. And I don't recognize a lot of the names of the cast, um, but they uh, there's a bunch of them that seem to be on a show called Hercules, The, Legend, Le- the Legendary Journeys. Oh, um, man. The I Kevin think, Sorbo series? I don't know. This was a, It's an Australian film, I believe. I think um, this, I think I think the Hercules series was filmed in Australia. Oh Stevie? really? Yeah, <laughs> Stevie, like, care, care to confirm or deny? Um, I, I, I like I, it was either Australia or New Zealand. Um, which forgive my ignorance. Um, because maybe at New the time Zealand... like things were cheaper and they were also yeah. able to like because I'm pretty sure like that was the same case with Xena Warrior Princess, which was like the sister show. Yeah. To Hercules, um, my voice just cracked there. I was probably oh no, just busy I'm, I'm about... looking. I'm looking more on my notes. It is New Zealand because now, like thinking back, there's uh, one of the actors is Jed Brophy, who is in the Hobbit movies, mm-hmm. and those were in New Zealand as well, right? 
I mean, I think they were yeah, that New sounds Zealand. right. Yes, because that's why Michael wants us to go there on vacation is to go see I think all the that's places why... where filmed The Hobbit. Yes, yeah, that, I think that's that why a lot of people go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, or Lord of the Rings. Excuse me. Excuse me. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. So the synopsis of this movie is over overprotective mother Vera Cosgrove spying on her grown son Lionel as he visits the zoo with the lovely Paquita is accidentally bitten by the fearsome uh, Suma- Sumatran rat monkey. Oh, uh, when the bite turns his beloved mother into a zombie, Lionel mm. tries to keep her safely locked in the basement, but her repeated escapes turn most of the neighbors into the walking dead who then crash a high society party thrown by Lionel's boorish uncle Les. Uh, this is a, a wild movie. <laughs> I'm here for that. The like, critics' consensus is uh, the delightfully gonzo tale of a love-struck teen and his zombified mother, Dead Alive, is an extremely gory and exceedingly good fun thanks to, here's a name, Peter Jackson's affection for the tastelessly sublime. Oh. This is a Peter Jackson film. I was going to say, and that would also attribute to, because Peter Jackson has done a lot of filming in New Zealand. Exactly. Um, so it, on its initial release in New Zealand... Uh, it's home turf. The movie earned more per screen than Batman Returns, which came out the same year. Which is crazy to Wild. Think. Like, because think about not that. a lot of people like, have heard about this movie. Yeah. Like, everybody's heard of Batman. Yeah. Like, all of the Batman movies. Like, people go, yeah, no, I know that. Like, that's. If you're a big horror huh. person, then you've definitely heard of Dead Alive. But if you're, like, listening to this podcast me. and you're, like, a little scaredy cat, then hey. um hey then, um the it's most likely that you haven't heard of it but there is a famous scene with a lawnmower which is hilarious oh, and man. during the scene movie blood was pumped in at five gallons per second oh my gosh yes um, think about that that's five milk jugs per second yeah per second if, you could probably find the the clip on youtube it is hilarious um this whole thing sounds hilarious it's so good it does not sound like it sounds campy yes 300 liters of fake blood was used in the final scene of the film and Mm -hmm. this movie is said to be the bloodiest of all time measured in amount of blood uh in amount of film blood used during the production so there's more film blood used during the production of this movie than any wow yeah i believe it though like you said five gallons a second yeah, in that I'm one still scene. stuck on that. Yeah, um, Amazon Prime Video, you can watch this. But I think from like my original search, I think you can watch the whole thing for free on YouTube. It's one of those things that like you could watch it for free with the ads. Okay, so yeah. it's there. It's worth it. it. I don't know yeah. if it's edited, but check it out. Worth figuring it out. Yeah. Um, another famous one. How many do I have left? I have three left. Another famous one um, that you'll probably recognize the name of is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Hell yeah. Yeah. This came out July 31st, 1992. So it has a 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. People are not fans of this movie. I don't know why. 43% audience score, but 80% Google score. And it has a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Now, here's yeah. about the time uh, during my um, outline research that I stopped giving uh, actors credits um, <laughs> and stopped like really like digging into um, people's credits on this. But there's some big names that we can 
figure it out. Hillary Swank is in this movie. Hillary Swank isn't. Wait. Hillary Swank is in this movie. This is Hillary Swank's debut. (gasps) She is in this movie. She plays one of the friends. She is. Yes. (gasps) Uh, You already said Luke Perry is in this movie. Mm -hmm. R.I.P. Yes. David Arquette. Yes, he is. Paul Rubens, who is Pee Wee Herman. Herman. Um, Donald Sutherland, who uh, I believe President Snow from Hunger Games, among other things, but for the younger he's he's in a horror movie that i've definitely mentioned before is it alice sweet alice or is it another one i know i've done this before he's in he's in like a horror movie from the 70s that's really good uh rucker howard's in this movie ricky lake and Mm -hmm. christy swanson is buffy swanson yes um and fun fact uh buffy's last name is not said in this movie um, it's said in the synopsis, but it's not said in the movie, and I don't think she got her last name until like the, the 1997 the Dolly movie series. Maybe I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But the synopsis is for Buffy Summers: Nothing is the same after she meets Merrick Jameson Smythe. Mm-hmm. Merrick tells the teen that he's been sent to train her to fight vampires, and he proves himself by displaying his supernatural powers. Buffy is a quick study and soon takes fellow student oliver pike under her wing repeatedly saving him from fierce bloodsuckers which we love yes but when a very dangerous vampire gets rambunctious she must go to war again hell yeah yes the critics consensus is buffy the vampire slayer's supernatural coming of age tale is a letdown by poor directing and even poorer plotting you're christy swanson and paul rubin's game performances still manage to slay Yes, it's it, the movie does slight like you need to again. It's a movie, not a film. Yeah, like I don't know if the movie that you were thinking of before with Donald Sutherland was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. No, it's not. It's all right because he was in that. But I'll look like, him up. I'll fucking look. It stands. Up. It stands again. Like the example stands. This is not like a horror film. This is not a scary film. It's a scary movie. It's goofy. David Arquette is just silly in this movie like he's yeah. just a silly little vampire don't being, look now being a little scamp huh don't look now as the movie's in i think it's a dario okay. argento movie is it it's an italian movie let me look it up Maybe. this has nothing to do with what we're talking about i mean it does peripherally maybe it came out in 1992 <laughs> it didn't it came out in 1973 so decidedly not when you came out no uh, but it's very good, so go yeah. watch that. He's also in that one that just came out recently, Mr. Harrigan's Phone, that I thought was mm-hmm. a little boring. But oh, I'm it's sorry. Fun. It's I think you're looking forward to it. Um, info about this one. Um, despite claiming that he was cut from the movie, Seth Green does appear in it, although it is just for three seconds, and for two oh. of them he is seen from behind. <laughs> he is the short red-haired vampire that gets kicked by Buffy outside the gym when a group of vampires including him are taunting her and you can recognize him by his haircut alone. Yeah. Again, he's a very recognizable yes. like little shit. I think he I was in cuz this is the 1992 one. I think there there was also a 1997 one and I think he is in that one also. I know he was in the Buffy series. Yeah. Um RIP. I love an uh a casting what if. So mm-hmm. this is David Bowie, Mick Jagger, and Carrie <gasps> Elwes were set to make cameos as vampires, but they were cut due to time and budgetary constraints. It's a bummer. Right? That would have been so good. That would have bumped up the score like yeah. a lot for, um, across the board. Another fun little cameo is that Ben Affleck uh, played an opposing team's basketball player he who did. gives the ball away to a vampire player. 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. I remember that scene. So that's fun. Uh, Josh Whedon directed this, by the way. Oh, yeah. screenwriter. Um, yeah. So he was so frustrated by how much of his vision was being mishandled and how much of it was being rewritten that he eventually left the set during production and never came back. Cry me a river, Joshy. Jossie, yeah. excuse me. Yeah, he, he's problematic, right? Yeah, he's not great. Yeah. Allegedly, because he has bigger lawyers than we do. But... Yeah. Google uh, him. Yeah. Um, Do a goog. Well, his original vision of the script was eventually released in comic form as The Origin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, he apparently also found Donald Sutherland extremely difficult to be around. Sutherland rewrote most of his dialogue and scenes, often making the scenes incomprehensible in Whedon's opinion. Whedon praised Sutherland's abilities as an actor, but called his behavior rude, and he called Donald Sutherland a, quote, dick. Yeah, and I'm sure coming from him, that's got some weight to it. Yeah, and also Don Sutherland's been doing this a lot longer than you, so maybe and also listen to a an elder. Listen to an elder, and also like, why does it have to be all about like you and your vision? Like, I can understand the idea of too many cooks, but like, but you, sometimes somebody has a good idea. It's yeah, and, okay if it's not yours. And movie production, I think, should be a more collaborative thing. Agreed. Yes. So, yes. yeah, maybe listen to this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Whedon maintains that the movie should be considered a standalone and that any of the events, characters, or character traits in this movie should not be referenced as canon for the television series. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah. Also, Alyssa Milano was originally set to play Buffy. Wow. That's fun. Yeah. Instead, she ended up on charm, so she yeah. still did the thing. Still did something vaguely supernaturally. Yeah. She does fighting. Yeah. Um, you can rent this on Google Play, Apple TV, Vudu, Amazon Prime, and YouTube. And you love to see it. You do. Uh, my next one is one that you may have heard of. It's called The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. And it came out January 10th, 1992. It has a 65% on Rotten Tomatoes, 61% audience score, 83% on Google, and a 6.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, so those are pretty high scores. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca DeMornay is in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ernie Hudson, who was... Hold on, I recognized his name for something. Julianne Moore is also in this. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, Matt McCoy, who's been in A Million Things. And who else did I have? Madeline Zima. and yeah, uh, from the nanny. Yes. And Annabella Scoria? Scoria. Mm. Didn't, didn't recognize the name. But, oh, yeah, Ernie Hudson's in Ghostbusters, obviously. Yes, yes he is. In, in many Ghostbusters. Yeah, in all of the Ghostbusters. Oh, if there's a ghost that needs busting, he's there. Yeah. Um... Anyway, so the synopsis of this movie is when she was assaulted by her doctor, Claire Bartell reported him to the police and rather than go to prison for his crime, he killed himself. The shock of the accusations and suicide caused the doctor's pregnant wife, Peyton, to have a miscarriage. Driven mad with rage, Peyton poses as a nanny for the Bartell family. Her plan to tear Claire's life apart, seduce her husband and eventually murder the woman she blames for ruining her life. Damn. Yeah. Very intense. shit. Yeah. Um, so the title of the movie was taken from a poem of the same name written by William Ross Wallace. And this poem praises motherhood as the primary impetus for changing the world. 
but the uh, the movie takes a different direction. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> musical theme that is featured in the opening credits that Peyton hums while strolling the baby through the park, um, and that Michael hears on the radio at the climax is "Poor Wandering One" from the W. S. Gilbert and Arthur Sullivan musical "Pirates of the Penzance," um, which I thought we should add because we are yeah. theater people. Yeah, um, we are Kev- the very models of some modern major generals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this film was parried, parodied in In Living Color during a skit called The Fist That Rocks the Cradle. Um, I love it. And also, this is an interesting casting what if, because uh, the character is a sexual assaulter. Kevin Spacey <gasps> was considered for the role of Michael Bartel. Yikes. Oh, no, opposite. Uh, Michael Bartel is not the sexual assaulter. It is um, the doctor. No, Yes, basically. Allegedly. Allegedly. Actually, isn't that confirmed now? I was about to say, I was about to correct myself, too. I don't remember whether there there have been so many things. I believe Anthony Rapp. I I believe Anthony Rapp. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, But you can watch this movie, I think, with the regular version of Hulu. Like, we have one that you can, like, actually watch, like, on a real streaming service for (laughs) if you have it. Um, But you can also rent it on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Google Play, Vudu, which I wrote in my notes as Voodoo, (laughs) or Redbox. Um, My last one. No, I have one and like a half a one. Um, So my last like main one is a movie that I really enjoyed and I was surprised didn't get like higher scores, Uh, but it's called Single White Female Mm -hmm. and it came out August 14th, 1992. It oh, has a, a 53% one. on Rotten Tomatoes, 44% audience score, but an 81% on Google, and a 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. And it stars Jennifer Jason Lee, mm-hmm. Bridget Fonda, mm-hmm. who we talked about earlier, um, Stephen Weber, and Stephen Tobloski, I think is how you say his name. I saw his face, and I was like, oh, yes, I know you from a million things. What do I know you from? <laughs> and I recognize him from... I mean, you'll know him from Beethoven's Big Break. I won't. I, I refuse to see the Beethoven movies. They scare me too much. It's oh, not fun. even that they scare me. I just, I get to thinking about the dogs. And then I'm like, what if something happens to the dogs? But yeah. like, I, I'm not well. I'm the, right. I will be the first to tell you that I am not well. Oh, he was in, I see his face and I'm like, what the fuck do I, what is, he's, he's, he's in a million things, but what do I know him from? Oh, that I can't help you with. I'm he not was in Thelma and Louise. He was in The Time Traveler's Wife. No. He was, in a, he was probably in a, like a stupid series that I watched. I don't Do know. Do you watch Chicago Med? I don't. Okay. Well, I can't help you. He was in The Shining, but mm. like not that The Shining. Like He was the, in that, that the... Ryan Reynolds movie we talked about, Buried. Yes. Yes, he was. <gasps> he was or in Don't Look Under Wings? the Bed. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was. And he was in 13 Reasons Why. Not that we watched that. Not that you know you what? Should. I actually just watched the last uh, series and they tried to make it like a bigger deal than it was. And they also tried to throw everything at the wall, like every problem that somebody could ever oh, go through. Oh, 13 Reasons Why? Yeah. yeah no, it was I, It was a lot. It was I, too much. I mean, go off Selena Gomez. I... I I, um, it wasn't handled correctly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was the, the series did a lot of fucked up shit yeah and i think we have an episode about it you can listen to that um yeah and but more has happened since we did yeah, the episode yeah, on it a lot more has happened yes since and it's been very fucked up yeah but he was on mom i know because really liked him on mom 
thought he was a good character. Um, who else? Steven Weber, who was he? He was in something. I'm sorry, think. we're doing this. Oh, no, th- he was the one in The Shining. Are we looking at the that's wrong what I'm one? Saying, that's what I'm saying. He was, I thought, who were you looking up? I was talking about Steven Weber. We're on two different times. There's two different Stevens in this movie. Uh-oh. Um, so Uh-oh. <laughs> the synopsis is, um, having recently sp- split from her fiance, Sam Rawson, Allison Jones welcomes a new roommate, Hendra Carlson. The young women quickly form a bond, but as Allison starts to rethink her engagement, Hendra, uh, I think it's Hedra, is it Hedra or Hendra? Hedra, uh, grows jealous and hostile. As Allison learns new details about her roommate's life, Hedra gets violent in her efforts to get Sam out of the picture. With Hedra turning more menacing by the minute, Allison finally understands what she's up against. Damn. Uh, the critics' consensus is a single white female benefits from a pair of outstanding leads, neither of whom are well served by the storyline that wavers between thrillingly tense and utterly ridiculous. Um, yeah. So Bridget Fonda was given the choice of playing either Allison or Hedra, and she ended mm. up choosing to play Allison because it was the harder role in her Good eyes. Good for her. And this is a fun one. Whoopi Goldberg originally auditioned <gasps> for the role of Allison Jones. Oh, I would have loved that. Isn't that crazy? Oh, I love... Oh, she, she's that underrated as a dramatic actress. I mean, the not for nothing, the title of the movie is Single White Female. Yes. So that would have been a different movie. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 more of a play on... Like, yes, but it's... it's I mean, the, the one of the ter- most terrifying moments of this movie is when... Uh, Hedra gets the same haircut as Allison mm-hmm. and like tr- like slowly tries to become her. Yes. So um, that would be more difficult to achieve with a biracial like or uh, two different races trying to be those roommates. I don't know. I, I mean, know today, I think they could remake it today and it would be very, very interesting. But in 1992, I don't know. Uh, but the movie is based on a novel by John Lutz titled SWF Seek Same. And it's like the same thing, single white female. Um, and there was also a straight to DVD sequel in 2005 oh, called Single White Female 2, The Psycho. Of course there was. There always is. <laughs> uh, but you can rent it on Vudu, YouTube, Google Play, Apple TV, and Redbox. And the last one I want to talk about, which is like a little half one because there's not a lot of information, is um, a. it's technically a two-part miniseries. So... One, just one long movie came mm. out may 15th 1992 it's called to catch a killer uh it has a 92 percent on google and a 7.3 out of 10 on imdb and it is kind of like a dramatization of uh the john wayne gacy case oh and brian dennehy plays john <gasps> wayne gacy and i love brian dennehy he was the dad and tommy boy uh, Cocoon. yes he's so good um and i've seen i haven't seen this uh I guess miniseries, not movie, but I haven't seen it, but I've seen clips from it and he is a haunting John Wayne Gacy. Hell yeah. I, like I mean, it. I believe it. He, that man is. So rough, according was, to, but... uh, yeah. All right. According mm-hmm. to Dennehy, John Wayne Gacy wrote him a letter in protest of the film and uh, he proclaimed his innocence and Dennehy did not respond. Good, Good job. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Bitch. Like... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but those are movies that are turning 30 this year. Hopefully, yeah, if you uh, find them elsewhere or you want to rent one of them or something, 
There's some spooky stuff for you. Some thrillers. Some horror. Yeah. You know. Feel it out. Yeah. Um, but before we go, obviously, uh, you can find us on all of our things. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can join our Patreon. Um, and also, we announced on the stream, we have a Discord now. Ta-da! Hi. Uh, we have a, a couple people on there. Some people who uh, watch the stream were mm-hmm. given the invite. Um, our patrons were given the invite. Uh, it is by invite only. Uh, we do want to like see people as they're uh, entering our little space. If you don't yes. know what Discord is, it is uh, like a community messaging type app. Uh, it has uh, We've been using it for years and years with our friend group. Um, it's really convenient because there's different channels for different topics. So uh, everything doesn't get lost in the shuffle. So we have different topics to show like we're going to show our animals over here. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about... Uh, podcast episodes here there's a a specific channel for episode suggestions that we'll start adding to our list like there's different things and it's going to evolve as we um as we start using it more but there's a bunch of people on there already we like it's real-time discussions with us and with other people in our little community family and uh it's been great so far yeah so we've if, been really enjoying it we think that other people have been too and yeah the police they're coming for me um they, they if, also want to join the discord yeah. they're not invited though if you want to join our discord you do have to dm us on any of our yes uh social medias again facebook instagram twitter for um, now yeah for now we will uh <laughs> twitter no i mean twitter for now oh, twitter for now <laughs> fucking i don't even go near twitter so who I don't know. knows what's gonna happen with twitter. you know what if you go like instagram uh instagram is a easiest. good option facebook yeah. too facebook's fine but um, um yeah but let us know we'll send you the invite email. yeah you can email us crimeculturepod at gmail.com if you're interested um but yeah if you want to join us it is very fun yeah uh, but lastly, before we go, we mentioned at the top of the episode, this is election day. If you're listening on the day that this comes out, Tuesday. Um, Tuesday. So if you um, are in this country and mm-hmm. are registered to vote um, and have not done early voting, you need to look up your polling place and figure out how to get out and vote today. And... Uh, like I had mentioned a couple episodes back, I have a very close friend that is running for office in New Hampshire and Taylor, Taylor, Larkman. I got it. Yes. Larkman. Taylor, you hear me? And another one of our dear, dear friends who sang my first dance at my wedding, she wrote a campaign song for Taylor. And I did want to include that here because, Mm -hmm. uh, Alexandra Sessington, she, we've, uh, Played some of her music before. Mm-hmm. Favorite Brew, one of my favorite podcast. songs. Yes. Roots. Um, she's great. Um, and Excellent. her music is great. And uh, I think this is a wonderful song to remind everyone uh, that voting has power and you should use that power. And you are not necessarily voting for uh, someone you're super jazzed about. You are voting for the direction that you want to go in yes i just saw i think it was on bobby burke's instagram he said something or he shared something that said something to the effect of like voting for something is not a marriage it is like 
taking the bus. Yeah, it's public transit. Yes, it is public transit. And you are just trying to get from one point to the next point to the next point to get to your final destination. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to sit at home and sulk because there wasn't a direct uh, line to where you're trying to go. You're going to get as close as you can and work from there. It's easier to uh, take steps forward than to um, slide down the yeah than to slide down this hill and then True. we're we're stuck. So um, get out and vote and get educated on um, things that make a difference in your area and uh, the wider country itself. Yeah, and not to sound like we're from the cult of Q, do your research. There's so many resources that you can go to that are actual like nonpartisan resources ballot ballotpedia is mm-hmm. a great one um, and just just being involved with uh having a friend that is actually running for office um and th- like look up to see if there's campaign events in your area like you can meet these people. Uh, I mean, it, I I would assume so if they're good politicians, you want to be able to like meet and talk about the issues. Um, but right. definitely, uh, I mean, as of right now, being on the day, it's a little too late, but um, never too late to educate yourself for the next one and um, look into it. So yeah. uh, this song is by Alexandra Sessington. You can find her on Spotify and on Apple Music, I believe, and a bunch of other places that you can find music. Follow her on Instagram at Alexandra Sessenton, I think. Message us. We'll we'll, we'll, uh, promote her. Um, So with that, go vote, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye.
believe it can change.